0: Thank you Paul and Hannah. Thank you so much. I um, want to just quickly uh, share with you and uh, I, we sent out an email this week and I think it's in the bulletin and uh, we'll send out uh, follow-up emails this week as well but next uh, Saturday Saturday at six o'clock uh, the cowboy Christmas <laughs> christmas uh, christian gospel music group will be here that they'll be performing from 7 to 8 15 it's roy west and um, really a, an array of talented musicians they've played here before it's been over two years ago uh, but they're going to come on a saturday this next saturday the 25th we're going to have a meal at six o'clock and uh, we're going to provide all the fried chicken and shelly and i think some other ladies will contact you for side dishes desserts salads those Things of that nature then they're going to play from seven to eight fifteen what we're asking people to do is uh, as you come and eat a meal or if you're here if you're not here for the meal make a contribution to the House of hope uh, we help and obviously support that ministry and uh, and so I think we'll be uh, really well attended next week we'll be blessed and god God will be uh, honored and so just uh, put that on your calendar if you if you haven't read the email and we do have an opportunity to really enjoy fellowship with one another and bring God to glory. It's a great ministry if you haven't heard them before. Uh, Again, uh, you will be blessed and God will be honored. So if you were to be following along in our bulletins and in the series over the last almost two months now, we've been preaching on the will of God. I'd ask that you uh, turn your uh, uh, scripture or uh, open your Bible to Colossians chapter one. Uh, We started here last week. We're going to uh, finish really the thoughts that Paul has as he writes down in this letter to the Colossians in this first chapter. I, I do want you to think in terms of power, uh, the, the term of power and strength and, and might. Uh, just strength, power, and might. And so it's interesting I, with the, uh, the Stasny boys this morning in Bible class, they, this, uh, they went yesterday and that, uh, Shelley, that was in comfort, correct? So, what was the name of the gun? What was the name of the uh, the store there? Was it uh, Apache, Rifle. Apache Rifle Works? And apparently it's a really big gun uh, store and they had some notable people there. One of the notable persons there was Goldberg, the wrestler. I don't know if you follow wrestling and uh, uh, big, strong, powerful guy and, uh, and then some other guys. They had another guy there was I think the two, was two times the strongest, strongest man in the world. Don't know his name, but uh, uh, just and then you're surrounded. They had a what did you say? What what kind of vehicle there? They, they had a 500 horsepower, five ton, some kind of five ton truck thing and guns and uh, and I was informed by Colton this morning that that they're not weapons. They're guns and uh, so I had to be educated that way. They they can be used as a weapon, but it's not a weapon. It's a gun. So. Uh, But so they had a lot of guns that could be used as weapons. And uh, you're just surrounded by power, powerful people, uh, just power. And from a very young age, uh, we don't even have to be taught, do we? The psychology of power and strength and might, uh, we really don't even have to be taught. From a very young age, we can sense, we can visibly see. Uh, we can even hear it. And so, uh, you know, I mentioned also to the Stasny boys, and we're just enamored with power and strength and might. We just are. Uh, that's the way we're conditioned. Our eyes can see it, our ears can hear it. Uh, power and strength. And nobody wants a, a, a weak military, do we? Maybe some do. But w- we want power. We want strength. We want might. We're conditioned. Uh, I, you go to the, I mentioned a Colton this morning, I said, if you go to the, sell barn and and uh and they're selling a bull that's that's a strong powerful mighty bull lorna you'd probably agree and you could buy that bull or one that was weak and frail and fragile you would you would that's not what you're looking for in a bull is it you can go out in the pasture and you can you can you can drive down the road and you can see in fact david cannonbrake they might have cattle and horses out there but he's got a really Powerful looking, strong, a red brained bull. And I just immediately just see it. We see it. Doesn't matter if it's livestock, it doesn't matter if it's vehicles, it doesn't matter if it's individuals. And at a young age, we see it. I don't think anybody here is afraid of a chihuahua. Probably not. Uh, but if you were to see a stray pit bull, a really massive, yellow eyed, you're probably going to approach it with caution. I mean, it's just who it, now, and the reason, and what I asked them, I said, give me some answers. As human beings, why are we drawn to, or enamored with power and strength and might? What would, what's the attraction? And I liked what uh, what Hudson said. He said, uh, "Well, you know, strength and power and might usually makes things easier. It really does. It just does. You can get a lot more done. It's a lot easier to mow this five acres with the sixty inch." big, powerful, zero-turning radius mower than a 21-inch push mower. I could do it, but, but it's just easier, isn't it? It makes things easier. I can get more done. F- strength and power and might is also something we admire, um, something we can visually see and hear, but it can also create fear in us, and it can be used for the wrong. Uh, the wrong purposes. It's amazing what people have done with strength and power and might uh, that men are enamored with uh, for evil. But so Paul writes, and we're going to reread this very quickly, chapter one, uh, in verse three of Colossians, he says, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love with which you have for all the saints. So it's what we give thanks for. We give thanks for your faith in Christ. We've heard about it, the love you have for all the saints. Because why? Because when you and I have faith in Christ Jesus and we love all the saints, naturally, consequently, there's going to be a hope laid up for you in heaven. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of the truth, the gospel. It's all connected. There's a domino effect here. Faith in Christ, love for all the saints, hope laid up for you in heaven. I mentioned this last week. Because of what we have heard in the word of truth, the gospel. We talked about the gospel last week. Which has come to you, verse 6, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. So, again, being repetitive. Faith in Christ Jesus. Love you have for all the saints. Hope laid up for you in heaven. Based upon the word of the truth and the gospel. And what is the consequence of that? I mean, what is the harmony? What is the result of that? Bearing fruit and increasing. All these things. One happens, the next happens, the next happens. Fruit and increasing. Bearing fruit and increasing. Even as it has been doing in you since when? Also since the day you've heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. I mentioned this last week, and I want to reiterate. If, uh, if I were to ask you, tell me, tell me the things that you understand, the things that you understand to be true, the things that as you understand them to be true, uh, your faith, well, I have faith now. I understand something. I know it's true, so I have faith. And because I have faith in whatever it is, it doesn't have to be spiritual things, uh, I probably have a hope in something. You know, maybe I understand how the uh, the financial markets work. I understand that. And so I, I'm applying what I understand, the truths about that. And so I have faith that certain things are probably gonna happen. And so the, the result is though, I understand something, the truth about something. But I would say to you, you take whatever it is that you understand, whatever it is that has created faith in you. So I understand this. I know it's the truth, and because of that I have faith. It could be anything. But but the one thing that is only the one thing that has an eternal consequence to it, an eternal value to it, is understanding the grace of God in truth. Get back to that in just a minute. Verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. We, we hear the gospel. We repeat the gospel. We live the gospel. We tell the gospel. Another sermon for another day. And verse 8, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Again, just a domino effect. uh And so verse 9, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we've not ceased to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So there's that word, understood and understanding. So if I had a goal for myself, if I had a goal for uh, this church, a goal for my family, a goal for my marriage, a goal for my friendship, uh, friendship, a goal for my struggles in life. The two most important things that I need, if I really want to honor God, bear fruit, ha- have a love that, that is continually growing, a hope, an eternal hope, two things have to happen. Number one, I have to understand the grace of God and truth. I have to. And I have to, and then uh, consequently again, then I will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So you take any task that you have in your life, anything you're struggling with, anything that, uh, you know, in the Lord I'm hoping and I'm asking and I need and I want, and faced with whatever conflict is in your life, if you can now get it into this arena, put it at this place, Start from here and finish from here. Say, okay, I don't know what's happening. I know I'm frustrated. I know I'm angry. I know there's chaos around me. I know there's there's some fear. I, I don't know. But you could even apply that to what's happening globally. You could apply it to the pandemic. You could apply it to our politics in this country. You want to try to make sense of it? You want to try to make sense of it in light of the faith that you have in God, the love that comes from that, a life that is supposed to then be increasing and, and bearing fruit. All, I don't care what it is. Pandemic. Who's in the White House? What's happening over in China? With the Middle East? Move it to this arena. So, okay, Father. In all of this, there's two things I need. I just need to understand the, your grace in truth. I need to understand Your grace and truth. Does what is taking place in the White House right now or in our state, in the nation's capital, put it in that arena? Pandemic, put it in that arena. It even has to deal with your children's moments this morning, you know, somebody like Joseph. You know, he went through a, a struggle that probably none of us have really maybe even gone through, being betrayed by our family and sold into slavery, always doing the right thing, living by faith, having hope, enduring, persevering under all that, those things that had been happening to him. And at the end of his life, he could say, what man intended for evil, God intended for good. Why? Because he understood. He said, and let me tell you why. Because many lives have been preserved. So he understood everything that was happening to him. In light of the truth. What? God's grace. And the truth of that. So just. And then the second thing. He was filled. With the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So whatever you're facing in your life right now. Whatever decisions you need to be making right now, whatever conflict that's taking place in your life right now, if you call yourself Christian, if you say, I'm a Christian, we'll get to that in a minute. What, what, what does that mean? What is, should it mean? But if you, I'm a Christian, I have been saved by grace through faith, that not of myself. I can't boast about it. The love of God was poured into my heart through the Holy Spirit. I was not born by my will or by the flesh, uh, John in chapter one, but I was born by the will of God. Now I believe that. I know that's true. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I have the promise of the Holy Spirit. All those things are true. Now, so whatever you're facing in your life, question number one, instead of not being Uh, not sure about what's happening instead of being confused about what is happening instead of being frustrated by what is happening start here I challenge you you want you you want to know if God's real you want to know if his Holy Spirit intercedes for us leads us and counsels us you have to start at the right place so many times Christians we are all over the place we're somewhere but it usually has nothing to do with this it very rarely, it, 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 it very rarely has anything to do with the word of the truth, the gospel, understanding the grace of God in, the tr- in truth, and then being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Right there. I'll just challenge you this week. i challenge you today from this movement for Whatever you're facing in life, and everybody here is facing something, Everybody here is, fa- there's not a one of you that's not facing something. I can look out and see your faces. Every single one of you here is facing something. It may be in business, it may be in your marriage, it may be at, um, your health, it, it, it may be just getting older. It may be raising your children. And and it's just coming at you. And it may be a combination of those things. It may be a financial issue. And, and our nature is to kind of be all over the place or be in the wrong place. We're either all over the place as we're confronted with conflict and, and, and passion and, and circumstances and issues. We're either all over the place Going from here to here to here to here, kind of like a pinball in a pinball machine, or we're in the wrong place. We're in the wrong place. Something's going wrong in my life, and you know what? It really doesn't have anything to do with the truth of the gospel, and it has nothing to do with the grace of God and truth, and it has nothing to do with what? Understanding the will of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. It really doesn't. I. I'm your preacher. And I'll tell you, it's pretty easy to knock me over. I'm ashamed to admit that. But it is. It's pretty easy to get me off track. It's pretty easy for my mind to stray. It's pretty easy for me to get frustrated and have that pride well up in me. Say things I shouldn't say. Feel things I shouldn't feel in my heart. I'd be lying to you if that if, it, if it, It's the absolute and total truth. And yet, I know the truth. And I thank God for the truth. Because no matter what's going on, the storm that's brewing around me, the chaos, the uncertainty, the, the anguish, the fear, the conflict, whatever, in my home, in my marriage, in the country we live in, in the, in the process of the body of this church... All those things, I can get unraveled. I can get off course. I can be a lot of different places or I can be in the wrong place. But I will tell you something, brother and sister in Christ, and I mean this. Because of this, I can be exactly where I need to be and exactly where he wants me to be. I don't get there as quick as I should. And sometimes it takes me far too long to get there. But I have learned that anything and everything that's happening in my life, if I can just go right here, what does this have to do? What does it have to do with the word of truth, the gospel? What does it have to do with understanding the grace of God and truth? What does it have to do with what? Being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That place is always the place and from that place, now you can chart the course. You can walk with God. You will be walking with God. The road to correction, regeneration, redemption, reconciliation, whatever's needed. The potter, molding the clay, whatever. From that position, something happens. And what is it? Verse 11. We become strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Now here's the problem for all of us. I do not, and you do not, have to be taught what power, strength, and might, strength, power, and might is. You don't. A child at a very young age, we can see strength, power, and might. We can see it. We can hear it. I, as a child, you could, you could. With no real knowledge about you can you can see a fire truck and wow, an 18 wheeler well that 's strength and power and mind or well, tricycle well, it 's not even something we have to be taught it 's in us it 's in our nature and so okay, whether we see it in the creation or in people or livestock or anything that man has made we can see it and we're enamored by it and we can become fearful of it and we become desiring of it but you and i as a christian and this is this emphasis here now if if i am someone now i want to challenge you you answer the question do you give thanks to god the father of lord jesus christ do you do you do it daily and in doing that are you praying for others do you love the saints because of your faith? All the saints. That's what he said. I love all the saints because I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Do you? Do you have a hope laid up for you in heaven? Do you? Or is it just an anxiety? Or is it a wish? There's a big difference for a faithful hope that is rooted in truth Then, uh, well, a hope, I, kinda, I wish, I'd sure like for that to happen. That's not what he's talking about. The hope that I have is secure. It's not a wish and it's not a maybe. And not because uh, I have done anything to earn it, because I haven't. But because of what Christ did to give it to me. And so, but do you? I'm just asking you. What's this Christianity in you, this faith? It's based upon the word of truth, the gospel. Is it bearing fruit and increasing? Now, this is a trap. It's it's a Satan trap, it's a demonic trap. Satan desires for a Christian and the body of Christ to keep a ledger. He does. That's what he desires. He wants you and I to keep a ledger based upon my strength and my power and my might. And I've used this many times. Luke chapter 18. A Pharisee goes to the temple. And he says, Lord God, thank you for not making me like a sinner. Because I give. I give a tithe, the 10% of even the smallest thing. It's my ledger. Paul has a ledger in chapter 3 of Philippians. He said, I was born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. A teacher of the law, a Pharisee. As to the law, the word of God without flaw. It's what his resume was. But he would go on to say, I count all that rubbish because there's something I want to know that has to do with power. But Satan loves it when you and I and our religious (laughs) arrogance keep a ledger. I I go to church. I I give financially. I've served when they've called me to serve. I, 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 I. And you could just keep adding whatever the eye is that has to do with your power and your strength and your might and so there's a ledger that we keep satan loves it when we keep that kind of ledger and yet this christian in verse 10 that walks in a manner worthy of the lord the christian And I don't have to reiterate everything we just, these verses I've just read, but the Christian that is walking, he says, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that Christian, if you're that Christian, something happens that has to do with strength and power and might. And that is verse 11, strengthened with all power. Not some power, not a little power, but all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Now, stopping there real quick. So, who was the strongest, most powerful? Mighty individual that ever lived. Jesus Christ. Now, in Philippians chapter 2, we're told to have the same attitude as Christ. That although he existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself to the point of a slave and became obedient to the point of death. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve the strongest, most powerful, mighty individual that's ever lived. And, and so in Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes to him. Here's, here's, a, here's a, he says an example of, here's an example. So how many times should I forgive somebody? Seven times? I think I can do that. I've learned enough scripture. I've spent enough time with the Lord I've uh, I, I, I I'm I'm learning. I, I've done a biblical study on forgiveness, and Jesus says no. He said seventy times seven. He said if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Here's the problem with a ledger that I keep that Satan loves about my power, might, and strength, even in a religious world. I have limits to my forgiveness. Think about that. Probably the greatest fracture in the church, the body of Christ today, is that we have limits in our forgiveness. And we can justify it. What if Christ taught that there was a limit to your forgiveness? What if Christ said, you know what? I'd like for you to forgive, and you probably should. You're probably justified in not forgiving. So on the basis of that standard, I'm going to go ahead and and forgive you. Could you imagine? That's ludicrous. It's not a condemnation. It's just this truth. He says, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Now that is power, and that is strength, and that is might. That's strength and power and might. I believe it takes a lifetime of hearing the word of the truth, the gospel. Understanding the grace of God and truth. Walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Increasing in the knowledge of God. And understanding his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I think it takes a lifetime. I'm convinced that it takes a lifetime. I don't think it happens overnight. But I think, I don't think, I I know what the scripture teaches. This is not a, a, a fragile thought of a sinful man. This is the truth that is in God's word. And the truth that is in God's word is that a man and a woman that has a hope that's in them based upon the word of truth, the gospel, who is hearing whatever he can hear to understand the grace of God and truth. And because of that, he's being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. The truth is, not my thought, it's the truth, you and I, a church, a family, your business, will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And what do we attain? steadfastness, patience, joyously giving thanks. I cannot measure you. It would be wrong for me to measure you. Satan likes it when I measure you or you measure me. He likes that. Spiritual warfare. Satan likes it when I measure BJ. I have a standard. I'm going to measure BJ, you know. And he likes it when you measure me. He finds great joy in that. He just finds great joy in that. And yet there is a measurement. And here's what it looks like. That individual is strengthened with all power, according to God's glorious might. And we're attaining something. What are you attaining? Everybody here is attaining something. Every person in here is attaining something. And it may not be good. Maybe you're attaining the world's wealth in your strength and power and might. That's why Jesus said, it's going to be harder for a rich man to enter heaven than it's going to be, a camel can enter through the eye of a needle easier than a rich man will go into heaven. It's true. I said, well, then who can go to heaven? He said, well, with men, it's impossible. With God, it's all all things are possible. But, but it has to do with this attaining. Satan loves it when you and I attain things as well. You can contrast this. God's will, the satanic. He wants you to attain stuff in your strength, in your power, in your might. So then you can live in your pride. And it's easy for you to judge people. Well, I've worked hard for what I've got. <laughs> really? There's not a single hard-working millionaire in the world that could honestly look God in the eyes in heaven and say, I did it my way. And I did it on my power and my back. If you and I have anything at all, even if we think we've attained it secularly and by our own human efforts, it's a lie. You don't have a brain, you don't have a, a, a soul, you don't have opportunity, you don't, God grants it all. Satan wants you to take credit for it all. But God doesn't. We, to God we give all the glory. But we're all attaining something. We're attaining pride in our individual successes and in our resumes and our, our, our whatever it is. Uh, We were attaining something. But are you attaining steadfastness, patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father? There's the question. Joyously giving thanks to the Father. I mean, this is a life model. This is a. I mean, it's a math equation. It's a spiritual math equation. And it's statements that Paul makes about the Colossians. And they were true. And so if you think about what the letter that Paul would write to me about me or the church here in Curtin, Or to you or your business, the things that you live by faith, faith in yourself and not Christ Jesus, love for yourself and not for all the saints, hope for yourself, hope that you've laid up for more stuff. There's a story in the gospel of Luke, there was a rich man who had a whole lot of stuff (laughs) and he said, I'm going to build more and it's going to be good he said you fool this very evening your life's going to be required of you but you could the way paul writes it here you could write it conversely the other way faith in myself hope in myself based upon the stuff i've laid up for myself here in heaven based upon the truth of the truth that of my gospel my good news about me The wisdom and understanding that I have I'm gonna finish here. In Second Corinthians, Paul makes a statement about himself. It's chapter twelve. And it's a great lesson about strength and power and might. In verse 7, he says, and because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself. Strength and power and glorious might according to us, no. But it happens. We like to exalt ourselves. We just do. He says, but because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for For this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'll rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sakes. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. And that's the kind of strength and might and his might and power that Paul was writing to the Corinthians about. And he wrote, or the Colossians, he wrote to the Colossians this tremendous opening statement. And again, I look at that letter and I say to myself, what would he write about Aubrey? What would he write? What would he write about this church? I mean, what would he write? I mean, it's a challenge. And the challenge is based upon my faith in Christ Jesus, the love that I have for all the saints, the hope laid up for me in heaven, based upon the word of truth in the gospel. And then I'm supposed to be bearing fruit and increasing because I understand the grace of God and truth. I don't mind being repetitive about this, folks. I want to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So that I can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I cannot walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I cannot do it. Unless I am understanding the word of truth, the gospel, the grace of God and truth. Being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual. I can't do it you can't do it, this church can 't do it, and it's so disheartening for me personally. it is disheartening for me. I know this, I know it's true, and so my prayers for you, my prayers for me, my prayers for each other. I know that so many times i 'm in A lot of other places in my mind, in my heart, in my soul. Confronted with weariness or circumstances. And the only place I need to be. Or I'm in the wrong place. I'm in a lot of different places. Or I'm in the wrong place. And the only place that I need to be. Is right here. Being filled with his knowledge and his will. Based upon the truth that's in the gospel. Understanding the truth of God's grace. That's it. So, I hope you've been challenged this morning. I hope that uh, I hope that all of us are looking for the strength, according to His might, that results in a powerful, fruit-bearing, increasing, hopeful, faithful life. Because that's who Jesus Christ was and is. And that's who he's called you and I to be. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for the truth that is in your word. Thank you for the hope that comes from your word. Thank you for the faith that we have because of your son. Father, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Father, now please, we just ask. We just ask that you help us to be in the very place you need us to be. In the truth of your gospel, understanding the truth of your grace and being filled with your knowledge in all spiritual wisdom and understanding strengthened in your glorious might. We love you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.